We gonna do it podcast microphone style. We gonna make it quick. You lacking, you tripping, you slacking, impatiently waiting, confused like what happened. How you get attitude cause I'm getting mad cause you wanna take 20 minutes and a half. And on top of that, I gotta get gas out of freeway, pick up traffic. Welcome to the Rare Air Pod. My name is Chandler Rust, here with King Kai, the Cowboy Kaiden, T. Hutch, Tyler Michael Hutchinson, and today we are going over some exciting things here at Empower. We have been in a place for a while now where we've been improving and constantly advancing our game, our sales, our training, our technology, and we feel like the stars are aligning in the next 12 months or next calendar year to go to a place that we haven't gone to before as a company. Uh, our goal in the next calendar year in 2024 is to accomplish 10,000 installs as a company here at Empower, which is quite an accomplishment coming from a dealer that once was just a couple dozen reps uh, selling in Central and Southern California uh, to now uh, this next year coming up on close to a thousand reps and and shooting for 10,000 installs. So we want to talk about in this podcast, what it's going to take for our company to get to that point. So T Hutch top org this year in the company right off the bat top of your head. What do you feel like is me the biggest thing that'll get your org to kind of lead that charge towards 10,000 installs next year? Yeah, that's a great question, man. We've got a ton of good things going for us right now. And I feel like what's really going well, and the teams that are really showing up to play are the bigger teams that have a ton of energy in the office. They're, they're large size teams, large meetings, a lot of energy, a lot of fun. The group chats are electric. There's nicknames. There's funny pictures being sent in. Like they're just, they're having a blast. That's kind of a different, you know, that's, that is unique. You know, a larger office in solar is a little bit more unique. I think in, in the past at our company, we've had a lot of, you know, offices that feel more like pods, you know, yeah. one to six people meeting in their own, their own Airbnb. And you can just kind of tell, you know, having been a manager ourselves, imagine trying to on a daily basis, get a group of six people in your living room, energized and ready to go for the day. Super difficult, right? I mean, it's tough on the manager because you got to show up with all the freaking energy. And if you're maybe more introverted, um, it's just, it's hard to be that person every single day. But the teams we see that have, you know, a big group, they're all meeting together in a big common space. Like there's just a lot of electricity in that office from everybody. And that just takes a lot off the shoulders of the manager to have to bring the heat every day. Yeah. I think of myself, you know, I'm not the most extroverted person in the world. And so having to be fully relied on for all the energy in the office to me seems, seems daunting. So just having that energy already present just from sheer body count and conversations in the background and, and, and good vibes in the office, I think is going to be a key next year to helping reps have more energy on a day-to-day -day basis and produce more. Yeah. I mean, you got the reps in the office that are, are super positive and super excited and they can rub off on more and more reps in a bigger office. You're always gonna have that one guy that's just an absolute dog that has tons of energy, tons of focus. And he's a, uh, He's going to be able to rub shoulders with more reps. That's what you want. And also on the other side, you might have a rep that's having a hard day or having maybe a tough time at home or whatever's going on. He, in a bigger office, he's kind of drowned out by the noise of the positivity. When it's a small knit group of four or five people, 
that one rep that might be having a hard day, like that affects them pretty heavily. So avoiding that, having a big office, a lot of energy, that's going to be huge for next year. 10,000 installs is a huge number. I think everyone's going to be looking back at the time that they heard for, for the first time that we're going to actually accomplish this. We're going to actually accomplish 10,000 installs. I remember at the San Diego retreat with all the leadership, it was, it was, it was refreshing. It was new. It was cool. It was an opportunity to like sink and, and realign and become one for the first time. I felt like it's been a while since we've had a big, huge goal or a mission more like um, all set together. And I think that alone, just having that target or that, that vision together will help us a ton. I mean, in Power West, we get sick of winning and just being the best year after year after year. So it'd be good to finally work yeah, with you guys, you guys instead you guys, of against you guys. You guys really got sick of it this year. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Oh, the year's not over, Moist Tylet. The year is not <laughs> over. What do you think, Kai? I mean, I mean, coming from second place this year, what do you feel like is gonna get your your org to ten thousand installs or contribute in a large part to that next year? Dude, I think, like I said, at San Diego, it was refreshing. It was awesome. It was cool to, to have that goal. But the days after that, it kind of set in and it got a little bit heavy when we started to realize, like, what are the logistics behind 10,000 installs? Like, what does that look like? And starting to take some time to think about what that looks like for an individual region or a team or just an individual closer. Like, what is what is my part in in all of this and how that works? Um, Chandler laid out for us at the meeting, like our funnels, what a regional funnel, what that responsibility is going to look like for a regional to accomplish or help accomplish this. And when you put it all together, it, it sits a little bit easier. It's not, it's not some, it's not so heavy. It's not so challenging or it's not something that looks like a daunting task when you break it down into smaller parts. Um, I think for me, the part that is going to be most crucial for my org and for what I can do is to have a killer off season. There's so many things that can go into recruiting and retention and just setting ourselves up and poising ourselves to have an incredible year next year. Um, it's going to start like in October, September, November, right? Early, early in this off season to, to get going on that. But I don't know. That's kind of what my biggest takeaway was. What do you think you mentioned the funnel, you know, we want to see a region get to 160 signed reps. You know, our eight regions get to that point and that's the top of the funnel towards our goal next year. What do you, I mean, T Hutch, what do you, what do you feel like that looks like for a regional in the off season to get to 160 signed reps in their organization? Yeah. I mean, first thing that like, I, I want to honestly change the, the verbiage and the vernacular around it. Like there's no off season, like there's in market and there's out of market for a lot of the managers. You guys know this your money's made in the out-of-market season. Like when you're recruiting and training and onboarding and creating that culture, that translates into the season. And so for me, it's being in the office daily, you know, rubbing shoulders with my, my coworkers and my managers to build a system that is just a machine that just chugs along in the summer. That starts in the office. So for me, it's like being here every day, clocking in the hours to, to build the systems, to recruit, to train. And uh, I just want to be very intentional in the uh, the out-of-market season. That out-of-market season schedule that we all put together with the regionals and the managers was actually so sick. Just coming up with like, it's pretty rigid. It's like literally hour by hour, day by day, all planned out when we're recruiting, when we're 
finding new leads and, and creating new contacts, when we're going to have team meetings, team activities, like all of it's put together in one place. I think that's going to be huge in this out of season time of year. I mean, the truth of it is, is having that, that rigidness and that discipline is what's going to create the freedom. Yeah. Um, when you come home and if you're just trying to like go through the motions and recruit a little here, train a little here, you end up not being very effective at any of it. And what happens is you're, you kind of start kicking yourself because you're not where you want to be. You're not the levels you want to be. You don't have the recruits you want to have. And so having that rigidity, that, that structure is going to help everyone perform to their highest level. And ultimately that's what we need to hit a big goal. And it's new. This is the first time we've really put together an out of season schedule like yeah. this in years past. It's been just like every other sales company. It's kind of the culture to like come home from the summer block and just kick it and chill for a while. And don't really think about too much until it gets closer two months three months out of going out to the next for the next year and that's that's not the that's not the move this year and i'm excited to make that change i think along with not only getting that many people in the door it's helping them stay in inside as well right i think changing the just the, the feeling around signing a rep to onboarding a rep and getting them to do the right things to stay on board i think it's something the whole the whole industry you know kind of struggles with at points is you know okay we got them to commit now how do we get them to go out right i think we have the right system set up to get them to that point but really dialing on dialing in on that what do you guys feel like once a guy signs what's going to be happening in the steps after that to make sure that he gets out to market yeah i mean there's there's a reason why we're still here at empower and <clears throat> in my opinion what we're trying to do is open up the window a little bit and give them a glimpse as to like what we see, like give them a true glimpse at what empower is. And I don't think you can do that with one recruiting meeting or just one phone call. Like you need to immerse them in the culture and help them really get a, a grasp on what empower is trying to do. And for that, you know, that's having these team activities we've got planned, having some freaking sick um, events put on by the marketing team, incredible guest speakers, like just immersing them in this culture that is empower that's going to help them grasp what what are we really trying to accomplish here and for that for me that's what's going to make them stick i think i think one thing we underestimate often is the amount of knowledge that a, a rep needs before they go out and market and how much better and more comfortable that makes them feel when they have that necessary training to get out and market and work a lot of times we recruit these new reps and they come in and they're they're literally begging us for knowledge and training and a lot of times what i what i've said in the past is Dude, get out to market, knock some doors, and you'll figure it out. And I think that needs to be a thing of the past. Like this preparation cycle that these new recruits need to go through to be ready needs to be needs to be taken seriously. And every every rep needs to take advantage of it. And the ones that do are going to have so much more success and feel so much more prepared to go out there and start working. I think to your point, Tyler, and both your points, you know, from a training aspect, that needs to be there needs to be a deep dive there from you know a skill set standpoint. I think to Tyler's point too, it's you know, imagine when you, if you were to onboard the company and your manager and your regional sit down with you one-on-two or one-on-one -on -one and say, this is my vision for my life. This is how Empower's gotten me this far and where it's going to take me. This is how, this is just more than just a company. And we want to know how can we help you accomplish what you want to do with your life? What's your vision? How can we help you get there? And how can this be a vehicle that takes you not only to that point, but even farther? You know, if someone sat down and, and rolled it out with you and just helped you just 
just catch that vision from week one, you know, how much more successful your rookie year would have been, how much more successful your whole career would have been in sales if they can show you that this isn't just a summer job where you clock in, clock out, get a couple K and move on. Like this can be so much more, especially with the resources and culture and ideology we have here at Empower. So that's going to be challenging, honestly, like just hearing you talk about that, thinking about what we're trying to do on the back end is set up literally an assembly line for new recruits that have them come in and go through a systemized process that's going to get them prepared to go out and knock. But what you're talking about is making a very customized experience and catering that assembly line to an individual that's like, that's like, hey, what are your interests? What are you trying to get out of this? And help them have that experience. But at the same time, beyond this assembly line that we've created, it's going to be super hard. Like it's going to be really challenging. It's going to take a lot of time from a leadership standpoint, as well as just anyone that's recruiting any new rep has to understand that it has to be personable, but they also have to hit all the stops and get through all the steps to get out. It's gonna be tricky. Which I think is why we have these, these schedules and, and systems in place for our directors, regionals and managers to be here, be in the office and do something, you know, the days of, okay, what do you want, what do you want me to do in the office? If I come to the office are over, like there are mountains of tasks and things to do. Um, in the off season, which is, I think is why we, we expanded our office space here at HQ. Um, Kaiden, what's, what are you excited to see in that new office right across from yours in the, the West regional office? What's going to be happening in there? It's going to be sick. It's going to be the new hub for empower West. I'm excited to see all the regionals names on the doors and see them in there every single day, just thinking of creative ways to make this process customizable and systematic and seamless for new reps and new recruits that come out. I think one thing that my guys are really looking forward to this year is getting out of Utah and recruiting a little bit. I think in the past, we've done a lot of just like hounding these return missionaries and people that come from Utah. How do you guys feel like that strategies work for us in the past, either going outside of the state or maybe even online leads <laughs> to get new recruits? You guys think that's something that's going to work this year or maybe not? I think it's something that if you have an anchor into that, university, if you have a rep that's already from there, I think it's a lot more doable than just showing up and, and going in blind. I think it's, I think it's possible, of course. Um, but we, I mean, we have orgs from our group that are definitely not from Utah and, you know, we've, we've, we've traveled out, we've helped them, we've done the university booths and it's been, it's been successful. It's been successful to a, de to a degree, but I think, you know, having that anchor in that university out of state first is going to be really important. I look at my org and I think just on terms of like how, what percentage of the reps that are in Empower West are here because of a personal connection they have with someone else in the org? What percentage of the reps are like found us on Instagram or found us from an Indeed ad? The percentage that don't have a connection, like a personal connection with someone else in the, in, on the team is very small. Like everyone knows someone there and that's why they're there. And I think it's important to, understand that going into a recruiting season like we got to capitalize on every single new rep and every single veteran reps personal connections and networks in order to grow this team like it's not it's gonna be difficult to just produce people out of thin air it always has been there is a way to do it i think and we haven't quite cracked the code but maybe this year it could be the year but for the most part i think we're going to focus on in like our our in teams networks first and try to grow that. My thought on this is there's 50,000 people that come to Utah, 18 to 20 year olds every year. Like that pool is never going to end. Um, you've got siblings, cousins. Uh, it's like, 
it's really the recruiting pool that just doesn't stop giving. And so I'm not worried about it. Like we have so many connections and empowers making a name for itself and revolutionizing really what sales is that people are drawn to this type of a company. Um, the old school, like, you know, bro mentality for sales is kind of going out the window. And so it's opening up a lot of opportunities to recruit people that maybe were a little bit hesitant about sales, but are super passionate about investing and financial freedom. And like, that's what empower is. It's a place where you can make really good money and learn how to invest it. For me, recruiting is easy. Yeah. You find the people that are seeking that and it just keeps on going. I think to your point, you know, when that manager and regional sit down and explain the vision, explain what's possible here at Empower with those, with those brand new reps, it's probably pretty likely that they say, you know what, like my cousin, he wants to be get into real estate. He's becoming a realtor right now. You know, maybe this is a good option for him as well. Cause now I understand what you're telling me, understanding I'm understanding that this isn't just sales. This is a lot more than just sales. This is, this is financial education. This is financial freedom training. This is where I can earn and invest and do it all in one place. Now all these people come to, come to mind, even if it's just three people, you know, there's three more people to go and talk to two of them hop on board as well. They also have two or three more friends. So I think to your point, Kaiden, that organic growth is gonna be way more dominant, way more successful than going out and cold contacting a places you've never been to before. For sure. I think one thing that we need to focus on is is the identity of that new recruit like what does that empower that perfect empower new rep look like because he's different it's a different person than what other i think sales companies are even looking for i think a lot of times like if we were to just settle for whatever other pest or security or other door-to-door -door companies out there settling for as far as recruits goes we'd end up in a in a bad situation like it takes a different type of recruit in my opinion here it takes a different type of recruit at Empower to be able to do the job the right way. And I think understanding and identifying what that person looks like and what he does and where he's at and what attracts that person is, is key to success in recruiting. My question is for you guys, like, what is that person? What does that person look like for you and your teams? Like in your minds, what's the perfect recruit? I don't, I don't, I disagree with that. I don't think there is a perfect recruit. I think this is a, this is a, a program that can help people of, of all walks of life, you know? from any university around here or any background, I think, you know, what, what we're preaching and what we're teaching here at Empower are things that I wish were taught in school and I wish were universal knowledge, but they're not. And, you know, if everyone did practice and do what we help guys do here at this company, I think everyone would be in a lot better place financially and as just as human beings as well. So I feel like this is a system that can really help people from all over the place just become more financially free and better human beings overall. So I think a lot of people would fit into this mold. Let me rephrase the question. What's your target audience? Where are you looking for your recruits? It's tough to say because we've had success from, from all sorts of different avenues. Um, I definitely, I definitely love to, to catch guys that are you know studying business or studying some sort of systems related or, or STEM degree at a university around here. Obviously, return missionaries are great. They're 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 highly trained at knocking doors. They're they're bilingual, trilingual sometimes, and so those kind of people are going to be you know assets you can add to your team for sure. Just because they're already they're already pursuing what we're preaching. They already know how to knock. They already know how to speak Spanish. They know multiple languages. That's maybe a target audience, but it definitely does not disqualify other people out there. Maybe just haven't been given that opportunity to pursue those things yet either. I'm thinking the Tanner building at BYU, man. Go get all the finance. 
the accounting guys, the they're they're educated, they're they're striving to you know get that degree. It's a lot of work to go through school and get a degree. It's a lot of work, and so that tells me that they know how to be structured, they know how to work hard, but they're also critical thinkers. Yeah. For me, that gets me fired up to be able to sit down with someone that's already on that path talking about their future and finances to show them what empower can offer for them and like how that can fit into their their education plan like dude that's that's the money recruit right there well chances are i mean you're one of those guys tyler in the tenor building finance program is it fair to say that what you were pursuing in that degree is probably what is here you, you know you're pursuing something where you can make quite a bit of money you could work as hard as you want to you could learn things that other people don't know is it fair to say that what what you are pursuing there perhaps already exists to some degree here? One thousand percent. I mean, I I was looking through pictures yesterday and I came across a picture in New York and I was wearing a suit doing some like uh, networking trips, interview stuff out in in Wall Street, and that was exciting to kind of put on a suit and feel like you're a big dog. But like at the end of the day, where I would be sitting in a in a in a conference room there in a full suit and tie, compared to sitting here, like night and day difference and this has just accelerated my life in, in so many ways and for me like i want to show that that that's possible for a lot of these kids that are that are going through these programs and trying to really maximize their life because they feel if i go get a great degree and i'm like top of my class i'm gonna have a good job you are for sure but if you're top of your class imagine what you could do here top of your class at empower like that to me is insane you will double triple 4x your income and four times speed your trajectory towards financial freedom here at empower than you know maybe an alternative route with school because what, what does a typical career path look like out of the finance program yeah you you show up you're a first year analyst usually making 60 to 80k i think is the um the average next year you're probably making about 100 your second year analyst and you're kind of working up that corporate ladder what's the end goal the end goal i mean probably to be a partner somewhere which you got to have some people die off for you to <laughs> freaking make it there. Limited spots. Limited spots. And What's I, mean, like? I mean, you're, you're in the probably two to three hundreds, I would say. Multi hundreds. Can it get, it can get to seven figures. Oh, for sure. Some places. I mean, there's, there's people making a ton of money. Um, I just don't think people recognize what the grind is to get there. Yeah. Like to be an analyst and to just crawl up that ladder and just, I mean, you're working, you do the math, you're working a hundred hour weeks. Like sitting in those rooms in New York and in LA talking to these companies that are trying to recruit us to come, you know, work for that bank. They're pretty upfront saying, yeah, we work 80 to hundred hour weeks. And you're like, how's that even possible? How do you even do that in a, in a conference room? So, oh, and by the way, at year nine, you got to wait for Mike to die so you can take his. Right. And then Mike has retired. to die so that you can get a good spot. <laughs> it's, it's a tough world and, and nothing against it. I'm, I finished school. I'm not telling anyone to drop out for sure. Like I, I loved it and it was super helpful for me. Um, but just recognize that there are other opportunities to help accelerate your life. Because all those same things that you were looking for, you weren't able to climb a ladder. You're rewarded for your own hard work, be compensated for your ability to go above and beyond what other people can do to make partner level money, but accelerate that compensation by 15 years. Yeah, I did. I went through the program because I wanted to be involved in real estate. I want to be involved in investments. I wanted to look at finances. I want to be involved in that world. And this year alone, I've invested in, you know, hundreds of units of real estate. Um, there's just so many opportunities that I've been a part of one year or two years out of college 
that realistically would have been 10 or 15 or 20 years in a typical career path. So that's our ideal recruit. That for me is my ideal recruit right there. Perfect. That's sick, but it's a little different than what we look for in Empower West, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I think, no, I think it all boils down to the same thing. I think the reality is you're looking for someone that has done hard things and can do hard things, right? And school is a very, very hard thing. Uh, the, the, I mean, the savage reality is the, the majority of the reps in Empower West don't have college degrees, whether that be a timing thing because they found Empower at a certain time that was able to free them from that, from the bounds of, of college. From the chains. <laughs> from the chains that we all hate. But um, the reality is, yeah, we don't have a lot of college graduates. My brother, Trevin, he gradu- he's, he's got his bachelor's in Spanish. That's like the, our college grad is Trevin. but um we i i love listening to cade clower's recruiting meetings because one of the questions he actually asks every single rep that comes into his office is what's the hardest thing you've ever done and he wants to know like he legit wants to know what hard things this person has been through because he knows that that directly translates to being being successful in the doors yeah i love that i think there's some non-negotiables and one of them is being able to do hard things for sure doesn't matter what your background is school or no school you have to be able to be resilient and do hard things. I think, I think to that point, to give them a taste of how difficult door-to-door can be, what are your guys' thoughts on you know, preseason, postseason blitzes this year? I'm stoked for the blitzes, but they have to be done right. I think you can do a blitz wrong for sure, and I think we need to make sure we watch it and do it the right way. There are a lot of companies out there that run blitz programs, especially in the solar space. It's like a thing that it's just like, oh, you want to come try it out, come out and, and do a blitz. And I think it has a lot of negative impacts where people, they go out without the proper preparation. They go out with the prop, without the proper leadership and the proper culture on that blitz. They have a bad experience and that kind of chases away their solar dreams, right? And then in the end, that person ends up in another industry, not making as much money, not having the same opportunity because they went on one bad blitz for a week. And for me, like that would be the absolute worst case scenario for our blitzes this year. I want our blitzes to be so well-structured, so well-organized. I want it to be a group effort where everyone's going out at the same time with the proper leadership and the, and it's, it's a big deal. Like you're going out on a, an empower blitz. It's a commitment. It's, it's preparation and training ahead of time and you're crushing it. You're making some money your first week out and like enjoying it and having a good experience. Like that's what, what my vision is for it. Yeah, we've taken a lot, I mean, from Jack Taylor. He did a ton of blitzes this offseason. And the guys that came out on those blitzes with him are, are crushing it this year. They uh, they got that head start, that training, got that taste of it. Some of them came out with, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in their bank account already before the summer started. And that's sick. That puts you in a new level of confidence. And a couple of things that we found, there's three things that blitzes need to be successful. They have to have good housing. So we're having systems for that. It has to be a fun activity, some sort of, you know, a, a baseball game or a going to a water park, something sick for the team to bond on. And then the third thing is everyone needs to make money. And uh, we're going to nail all three of those and our blitzes are going to be an absolute success. It's, uh, it's interesting because in the industry I came from, from pest control, blitzes are just not really a thing. They just, I think they're happening more nowadays, but when I was in there, it was just like, yeah, we don't, we don't do that. Um, because I think we're trying to save them from seeing what it was really like, <laughs> you know, but I think, you know, and that's what I came into this company with that knowledge. Like, Oh, we don't have the blitzes either. Like we just, we just, we don't want to scare them. Or like the first week of every rep's life is the hardest week of their whole career in sales. 
why would you want to expose them to the just that week and then send them home? You know, sounds like a terrible idea. But I've realized through a lot of successful blitzes here, that's just that's just not the right way to think about it. You know, because of what we how we structure things and because of the product we sell and because of the company we are, we give them a taste of all of the greatness that comes from the company and it brings them back. You know, I've I've recruited dozens and dozens of reps that go on a blitz with another company and they hated it. And I scoop them right up and they come on board with Empower. But I'm also seeing now how many reps can truly be saved and be accelerated by a proper blitz that's structured well, like the ones we're going to be doing this year at Empower. I, and and dude, it doesn't need to be all about new reps and and recruits either. Like it's an opportunity for a veteran rep to make some money in in a time of year when he typically wouldn't be making money. Like to have a rep go out in January and just crush it for a week with high energy and have that experience and that opportunity is is gonna be super cool too. Like I'm excited for our leaders that have been here for three years to go out and work super hard for one week of the month and come back and just be stoked to go do it again the next month like that'll yeah. be sick and kind of the chandler's point blitz is kind of you run the risk of exposing a rep to this and not having it structured correctly so obviously that's a huge huge thing that we're focusing on but i look back to my first week in solar and i remember story i pulled a couple bills i set a couple appointments and we built the decks out and built the numbers and it was like the commission on both of them together was like 15 grand and I was like blown away and neither of them sat, <laughs> neither of them sat down with us, didn't close either of them. But I remember texting Chandler. I remember thinking, holy crap, like today I set two appointments that had the potential of earning me personally 15 grand. Like that was a, that was a paradigm shift for me because it showed me what the potential was. Yeah. And if we can have that for a blitz, that alone is super valuable to know that there's potential in this job to make 15 grand in one freaking day. Like yeah. you can't find that anywhere else. That's insane. I just had a brain blast, bro. We have to have a training for the first 30 days of training for these new reps of how to calculate their commission. Like they have to know how to do that. So when they're out there knocking and working, they understand like the money that's on the line. Cause it does give you a little bit, it gives you a little bit of a rush to think that like you're dude, fired if, up. If that thing freaking closes, dude, and it is an if or whatever, but like, it, it's it definitely keeps you going for me it's potential man like I'm, i want to be the best there is i want to be the top of my class if it's school i want to be on the soccer team you know i want to be the cap whatever it is if i'm in solar and i know what the potential is like that gets me fired up it stinks you're not the best at pickleball though <laughs> yeah yeah kai in here is kind of falling short there a little bit but uh, <laughs> that's right but yeah so to summarize we got a lot of cool things a lot of systems in the off season i guess uh just postseason that we'll be doing here um, as leadership, you'll, I, I guarantee if, if you haven't heard about empower yet, you will this off season, because it's going to be pretty crazy, uh, from the systems going into place for recruiting, training, retention, and then sales next year, blitzes, we're doing everything possible to hit our goal. Uh, kind of give you guys an opportunity to call your shot right now on what you think your personal org will be producing next year or contributing to that 10,000 install goal. What do you guys think? Give us half, dude, in Empower West. We want half of the pot. We want 5,000 installs from Empower West. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be Empower North can have 5,001 installs. It's going to be insane. <laughs> <laughs> really cool. Yeah, we also got, we got Carson Buse as well out east. You know, he's grinding literally so hard right now, opening new markets left and right. So I know we'll see a couple K from him as well. So well, what I'm, what I'm, 
really enjoying right now is Empower is coming together in this unified effort towards something. There's going to be less talk of West, North, East next year. It's really just, you know, what is Empower doing? Who are we fighting against? Like, what is, what is our goal and our mission, our purpose as a company? Um, and then obviously we boil that down into steps and processes. But, you know, I'm excited to work together as a company to achieve something pretty freaking remarkable. We're going to create a lot of sovereign salespeople next year. And we're going to do it by doing 10,000 installs. Let's go. Game on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You lacking. You tripping. You slacking.